You're listening to Pat O'Keefe on 98.7 ESPN. Indeed it is on this Wednesday night, the 23rd day of August. Remember where you were on this day because it has happened. The New York Yankees have finally won a baseball game. And they did so rather convincingly, if you heard slash understood Kevin Winter's update at the top of the hour. A 9-1 to win in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium on the back of Aaron Judge's first career three-home run game. So on a night where we were gearing up to talk about, once again, everything that is wrong with the Yankees, General Manager Brian Cashman faced the media and held a 22-minute press conference just before the game, and we'll get into that plenty as well. So we were gearing up for one conversation about the Yankees, but for for one evening anyway, Aaron Judge says, put a pin in that conversation just for a little bit. So the Yankees do win 9-1. to It would have been 9 nothing. Dom Smith, a solo home run in the top of the ninth inning for the Nationals. But Judge was the story. He homers in the first inning to get the Yankees on the board. That was significant because that was the Yankees' first lead of any kind since a week ago Monday when they led the Braves 2-1 to in the first game of that three-game series before Clark Schmidt imploded and the Yankees ended up getting blown out. So think about that. Since the Yankees last held a lead, not won a game, last held a lead, they lost that game to the Braves, they lost two more, They lost three straight to the Boston Red Sox, and then they lost last night to the Washington Nationals before jumping out 1-0 and cruising to this 9-1 victory. Also snapping their longest losing streak, as we discussed plenty last night since 1982. The losing streak stops at 9. And let's not overlook what, look, Judge's night is great. It's uh, the best night of a very frustrating season for him and his Yankees teammates, for sure. Let's not overlook Luis Severino's performance in this game. Now, Severino, we know, is in the last starts of his Yankees career, is going to be a free agent the way that this season has unfolded. It's hard to imagine the Yankees bringing Severino back with all of the other holes that they have to fill after the season because somebody's going to pay Severino. He's still in his 20s. He's still a live arm. He's obviously had success when healthy throughout his career. But six and two-thirds innings, yes, I know against the Nationals lineup that doesn't have a ton of firepower, six and two-thirds shutout innings allowing just one hit, striking out a couple, Severino lowering his earned run average from 7.98 to 7.26. Back-to-back games, you get good starts from Carlos Rodon and Severino. Last night, Rodon, one run allowed in six innings. And tonight, Severino, six and two-thirds shutout innings. A byproduct of the Nationals not having a strong lineup? Yeah, there's a very, very good case to be made for that. But at least good signs there. But Aaron Judge, this was... Look, Judge had kind of been dragged into this whole mess the last week, week and a half during this losing streak. During this period where the Yankees season has absolutely fallen apart, Judge hasn't played well either. And he's come up, including last night, including Sunday in Boston in the ninth, excuse me, against Boston in the ninth inning. Judge has come up a couple of times in recent games in big spots with a chance to do damage, and he struck out in those at-bats. 
So it was really good to see him break out tonight with three home runs, six runs batted in, the grand slam in his second at-bat, which was a first-pitch fastball that he absolutely teed off on straight to center field, 437 feet. And then in the seventh inning, after a hard ground out to short, his fourth and final at-bat, a home run to right field that traveled 352 feet. So that wasn't a cheap Yankee Stadium home run. So he goes 431 in the first, 437 in the second, and then 352 to right field, which is a shot for a right-handed hitter in the seventh inning. And unfortunately, the bottom of the eighth inning ended. Jake Bowers grounded out and ended the bottom of the eighth inning. And had he been able to get on, then Judge would have gotten an opportunity to hit his fourth home run of the game, which has only been done once in Yankees history, and it was done by Lou Gehrig. So where does this leave the Yankees? Look, it just it stops the bleeding at least for one day. And at least tonight, and we'll see if we can uh, hear some of his postgame reaction or if we even want to at this point. But uh, w- whether we hear it on this show or, or you hear it or read it in the paper tomorrow, um, at least tonight Aaron Boone can answer you know, a different set of questions. This doesn't change. This doesn't change anything, really. This just stops us from talking about the Yankees' historic losing streak becoming even more historic and reaching double digits were they to lose this game against Washington tonight. You know, I hope that they're not sitting in the press room at Yankee Stadium right now asking Boone if this can be the launching point for a run to one of the final playoff spots. I think we all know and I think we all understand that that is not in the cards for this Yankees team this season. What this was, was it was a night where the Yankees played a sub-500 team. The law of averages say they had to win a game at some point, and the Yankees do still have one of the best players in the sport. And if you needed a reminder of that, then Aaron Judge was able to provide that for you tonight with his first career three-home run game. Now, the big story in Yankee land was what happened before the game. And what happened before the game was Brian Cashman addressing the media. And I I will give Cashman credit, and I think that this is part of – I'm sure Yankee fans are furious with me for saying that. I will give Cashman Cashman credit. Let me finish. This is part of why he's still here in this job. And it's also part of why he is made to feel comfortable to really – do whatever he wants, say whatever he wants, speak whenever he wants, because he has that authority from the only man who can give him that authority, and that's Yankees owner Hal Steinbrenner. And if you heard Brian Cashman speak today and address the problems and refer to the season as a disaster, and we'll we'll hear some of his comments in a minute, but if you paid attention to just the the whole tenor of the press conference. Cashman speaking now. I mean, yesterday was rock bottom. Today had the potential to be rock bottom if the Yankees were to lose. They didn't. They were going to win at some point. But Cashman feeling comfortable enough to speak now at this point, at the low point of the season, to me, that tells me that we need to start thinking about the possibility that he may be allowed to continue as the Yankees' general manager beyond this year. I know that's the last thing that most Yankee fans want to hear. And as I've said in recent days, and as I've said in recent weeks, 
when somebody's in the same job in the same role for 25 years, that situation tends to run its course at some point. And it just feels to me the way that this season has gone, the way that this team is set up not only for this season, but set up for beyond this season and not in a good way, it seems to me that this relationship, Brian Cashman as the Yankees general manager, has run its course. But there's only one person who it really matters if he feels the same way. And that's the owner, Hal Steinbrenner. And by Cashman really, again, in Steinbrenner's eyes, showing leadership, taking the bull by the horns, he fell on the sword just enough. I mean, he couldn't he couldn't sit up there and say that everything was fine. He fell on the sword just enough to placate his owner and show his owner that he is still in charge of this franchise. And if you're a Yankees fan who has been calling for a change in that position, a change at the top of the baseball hierarchy, then I don't think today was a good day for you. Because listening to Cashman speak and the timing of when he spoke and what he had to say really got me thinking that I think he's probably going to be back next year. Now, does nothing change next year? That's hard to imagine, unless the Yankees go on some ridiculous run over the last six weeks. And why should we believe they will, the way that the first four and a half months of the season have gone? They've played one way for four and a half months, and now all of a sudden, the final six weeks, they're going to turn on a dime and they're going to finish hot? I can't imagine that happening. So if they continue along the same path, the same trajectory, the season ends in last place, the season ends with a sub-500 record and not even sniffing a pennant race in September, you can't just run it back with Cashman, with Boone, and with the same lineup. Like I said, it's starting to occur to me that there's a decent chance Brian Cashman's going to be back. Because of the contracts that the Yankees are responsible for to, and let's put Judge and Garrett Cole aside because those have been by far their best performers. But now you start talking about Stanton and LeMahieu and Rodon, and we don't know what's going to happen with Anthony Rizzo, although he took batting practice today, so that would imply that he's part of the Yankees' future plans this season, perhaps, and for sure beyond this year. So because the Yankees are already so tied up financially, it's hard to imagine a lot of change in terms of the personnel. So what does that leave? That leaves the manager, who only has one year left on his contract, who has he done a good job? No. Is he the reason why the Yankees are in the position they're in? No. He's he's fine. He's average. I heard, gosh, I heard, oh, maybe it was on the K show earlier. Somebody made the comment, how Cashman is better suited to manage teams that are built to win. <laughs> and yes, I think that's very fair to say. Not Cashman, Boone, excuse me, is is better suited to manage teams that are built to win. I I, I think you could say that about everyone. Cashman, to, uh, gosh, Boone, excuse me. Boone took over a team that went to game seven of the ALCS in 2017. He won 100 games in 2018. He won 100 games in 
2019. He won 99 games last year. He's gone to the playoffs every single time he's been the Yankees manager. He went to the ALCS three times. Um, excuse me, two times for Boone in 2019 and last year. So he's had his successes, but again, you got to go back to the original point. He took over a team that is built to win. Is next year's Yankees team, as we look at it, is that team going to be built to win? No. So does that mean Boone is the right guy for that job? No. Something has to change. And it, Boone isn't the number one culprit, but if you pencil Cashman back in, returning as general manager, if you understand the fact that it's very difficult to turn over much of this roster, considering how inflexible they are because of the large salaries that are owed underperforming players, then the easiest change to make is the area of the manager. Because if no change is made, if they tinker around the edges and they bring back the general manager and they bring back the manager, where does this leave this franchise? What sort of a message is that for the fans? And again, as I've said this over and over again, it is an uncomfortable part of this job to advocate or even hint at um, somebody losing their job. It's a, it's a very uncomfortable part of this job. But when you're in the business of analyzing teams and analyzing sports and trying to give your opinion on what's wrong with certain sports teams, you have to point to particular areas where changes can be made. And I think we can all agree that changes have to be made to this team that is 61 and 65 and has the second-highest payroll in baseball with $280 million in a league where the average payroll is $164 million, in a league where the top two teams in your own division, the Orioles and the Rays, have a combined payroll of $150 million. So just to repeat that last part, you take the Orioles' payroll, you add it to the Rays' payroll, and that number is $130 million less than the payroll of the New York Yankees. So, yes, change needs to be made. And for the first time, I think it has gotten so bad, and the complaints have gotten louder and louder and louder from fans, from broadcasters, from hosts, everywhere. The complaints have gotten louder over the last two weeks, three weeks. And how could they not the way that this team is playing. But for the first time today, hearing Brian Cashman, not that he said anything of significance, and we'll play some of his sound bites uh, in a little bit, but just seeing him in that position, admitting that this is a disaster of a season, taking some responsibility for it, makes you think that he is going to be the one who is responsible for fixing this. And for a lot of Yankees fans, that could be a scary proposition. They do win 9-1 to to snap their nine-game losing streak. The Mets, meanwhile, lost 7-0 in Atlanta as they were shut down by Charlie Morton. So we'll get into what Cashman had to say. Um, we'll hear your reaction to that at 1-800-919-3776. We'll also talk some football next hour. Uh, Jordan Renan will hop on. We'll talk about the Giants as they prepare for their final preseason game. But Yankees on the table right now after they snap their nine-game losing streak on the day where Brian Cashman tries to explain what has gone wrong this season here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Dr. Pat O'Keefe on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Pat O'Keefe on 98.7 ESPN. ESPN New York tonight, Pat O'Keefe. 
We got Harvey and Joe. Guys, I, I need you to help me out. Anybody can answer. Who currently is the general manager of the New York Yankees? Brian Cashman. Brian Cashman. Thank you, Joe. And Harvey, I'll give you this one. Who currently is the manager of the New York Yankees? Uh, Brian Cashman? The manager of the New York Yankees. Oh, excuse you sound me. sound like I, me now, Harvey. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Sounds I need some help because for some reason Aaron in, Boone. in the opening segment, I kept getting Cashman and Boone mixed up. Probably because we've been talking about both of them ad nauseum for about a month or two, and they're starting to bleed together in my brain. So I'm writing this down right now. Manager is Boone. Two A's. Thank you. General manager, two A's, is Cashman. Got it. Okay. I'm going to try to keep that straight the rest of the show. 1-800-919-3776. Boone and Cashman, and a little help from Aaron Judge and Luis Severino, lead the Yankees to a 9-1 to win tonight, snapping their nine-game losing streak as they beat the Washington Nationals. And, hey, tomorrow afternoon at the stadium, the Yankees go for their second series win since the beginning of July. The only series they've won during that time frame has been a three-game sweep at home over the Kansas City Royals. Let's get the phone call started. We uh, kick things off with Joseph in Jersey City. Joseph, what's going on tonight? Hey, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Thanks for taking my call. What's on your mind? Um, I have a question. Maybe we can have a little banter back and forth. What audacity do the fans have to think because they're not entertained on the positive side enough that they get to determine who's employed and who's not there. Well, I don't think they get to determine, but they're certainly allowed to share their opinions. That's fine, but you're still going to buy Yankee hat. You're still going to buy Yankee merchandise. So what's the downside? I think the taxpayers should have had more of an argument when they use a billion and a half dollars to build that stadium. I don't Rather disagree than with that. Losing a couple of games. I don't, I don't disagree with that point, but I, I think you're talking about two different things because not all taxpayers are baseball fans, and even if they are all baseball fans, I, I still don't think that they should have to foot the bill for a stadium, but that's a different issue. As far as the issue of fans being upset, frustrated, whatever word you want to use, because of an underperforming team, I think that's part of being a fan. Do you know what the fan means? A fanatic. Yes. So that's an issue right there, then. I don't you think it's an issue. Who's entertained by the play rather yeah, than thinking I mean, you look, have some type of, you know, stock in the company or something. Right? Are, are, are you a fan or a fanatic, absolutely, if you will? Absolutely. Uh, of what team? I'm a fan of the New York Yankees for are, the last 27 and a half years. Okay. <laughs> so what is your what is your feeling on the state of the team right now? Do you think that things are okay? Know that how do you in this day and age, Brian Cashman may have such a good relationship with that family that he ain't going anywhere, and the fans are just going to have to deal with that. How do you know he's not his business partner, his dare I say lover or partner? So how do you know these things aren't going on that will just bypass just baseball as far as his employment or not? Okay. Can you answer my question now? Are you satisfied with where the franchise is right now? Absolutely. You are? 30 years they haven't had a losing season. I think one or two maybe, you know, just like you said, oh, uh, you know, by chance they're going to win. Okay. You wait, hold on, wait, hold on. Can you, can, you, can, you, can you do me again, Joseph? Joseph, hold on. Joseph, can you, can you do me again? I, that was a good impersonation of me, but I think you need to put a little more oomph into it. Can you, can you no, imitate me again? 
little bit of tea. That should be what's put into it more. All right. I, Joe, I think we're done. And I mean Joe Leo. Uh, thanks for the call, my friend. Um, what? I don't, I don't even know where to go with that. Um, let's hear from Brian Cashman earlier today. Uh, first and foremost, his thoughts on the Yankees season so far. It's been a disaster this season. And, yeah, it's a, definitely a shock. Certainly, uh, I don't think anybody on our side of the fence, from our player group, from our coaches, or manager, or even outside the organization, saw, would have predicted this. What is Cashman's response to the fans? They want us to win. They're invested in this franchise. They're invested in our team, and, and they're disappointed. Certainly, I hear them loud and clear. We're disappointed, too. Um, Aaron Boone's job status has been a hot topic of conversation, not just this year, but pretty much every year since he took over after Joe Girardi was shown the door. So what are Cashman's thoughts on Aaron Boone's job this season? I think Booney's doing everything he can possibly do, just like all of us. We're all trying to do everything we possibly can or have been, you know, even though, you know, the results haven't been there, including Aaron Boone. You know, I, I know he had a team meeting Friday night before after that lost to Boston going into Saturday's game, but that didn't help. And that's a little bit of a concerning part because if Aaron Boone is indeed doing everything that he can and these are the results, then I think that's a little bit of a concern. Again, Boone has had success. If you look at the numbers – for Boone, through his first five years as a major league manager, win percentage-wise, he's as good as every anyone in the history of Major League Baseball. But you have to take that with a grain of salt because, like I said earlier, when I was confusing him with Cashman, but we're talking about Boone, Aaron Boone took over a team that was one game away from going to the World Series the previous year and was on the rise. Remember, the 2017 Yankees, if you go back probably to 1996, all right? The 2017 Yankees are the only Yankees team this century that exceeded expectations. Think about that. Because when the century started, the Yankees were already defending world champs. So the expectation was to win the World Series, which they did in 2000, which they almost did in 2001. And then 2002, they fell short. 2003, they lost in the World Series. And then they got Alex Rodriguez. So when A-Rod came to New York, the expectations continued to be to win the World Series. And in 2017, after the Yankees kind of took that step back in 2016 by trading Andrew Miller and Aroldis Chapman and Carlos Beltran and others and replenishing their farm system and then committing to a youth movement led by Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez and Luis Severino in 2017, the thought was that that Yankees team was a year away or maybe even two years away. And then what did they do? They went out. They went to the ALCS. They came within one game of beating the Astros and advancing to the World Series. So that was the only time this century that the Yankees have exceeded expectations. That's where the expectations are for this Yankees team. Before that, you've got to go back to probably the 1996 Yankees when they won the first of that group's world championships. That was probably the last time that the Yankees exceeded expectations. Those are the expectations for this team. And Aaron Boone took over 
a Yankees team with expectations to win. After the Yankees went to Game 7 in 2017, boom, the expectations were right back to where they always were. 2018, win the World Series, and he's done well. He won 100 games in 2018, had a great season in 2019. They went to the ALCS and lost to the Astros. Then the COVID year hit. Okay, 2021 was the disappointing finish to the season. One and done in the playoffs, losing in the wild card to the Red Sox. 2022 got off to a great start. Second half of the year was basically a 500 team. But overall, you won 99 games and you reached the ALCS. So there have been results. There have been positive results. But positive results for a team that's expectation is to win the World Series. And I think that is fair. So if it sounds like, and like I said in the first segment, it's starting to occur to me that Brian Cashman just might be back next year continuing in his same role. The question has been, how bad does it have to get for the Yankees to make wholesale changes? Well, apparently it's got to get pretty bad because what I heard today, not that I heard anything of significance from Cashman, but I didn't hear any specifics. I didn't hear a lot of details. I heard disappointment. And if you didn't hear disappointment, then you, you wonder what you were listening to. But what I heard was a guy who sounds like he's coming back next year. So then if that's the case, then the focus must now turn to the only person with the power to exact change. And it's not Boone, and it's not Cashman, it's Hal Steinbrenner. Because either you replace Cashman and get a new voice in charge of this organization, a new direction, because clearly the direction they're going in right now is not working. So you either do that, or if you don't do that, you have to allow Cashman to do things differently. You have to allow him the financial flexibility to make up for prior mistakes. And if you don't do either one, then then the Yankees' mission statement, the Yankees' stated goal every year of competing for championships is no longer if you just run this back next year. With or without the manager. But if you run this back with the same GM and the same core of players. I mean, remember, the Yankees were in a pretty bad place in 2008. They had just closed the stadium. And while the closing ceremony for the stadium was nice and brilliantly done and nostalgic. And it was nice in the sense that the Yankees knew that was going to be the last game ever at Yankee Stadium. Because they weren't going to the playoffs that year for the first time in more than a decade at that point. So from that standpoint, it was nice that there was a, a, a finality to it. But it was also a disappointment because the Yankees, the way they were set up with all of their resources and all of their financial advantages, aren't supposed to miss the playoffs. So what did they do going into 2009? They just spent truckloads of money and outspent everyone else throughout baseball to fix their roster. Sabathia... A.J. Burnett, Nick Swisher, a shrewd trade for him. And then just before spring training was about to begin, it looked like Mark Teixeira was heading to Boston. Instead, they signed him to a $180 million contract. And just like that, a new team, 
new culture fixed only by money. And that's kind of the situation. If the Yankees are really serious about making this a one-year thing, because the path they're on right now, I don't see a significant difference next year. So if they're really serious about making a, this a one-year thing, and they're really serious about Brian Cashman continuing to make the baseball decisions, then he needs some more financial flexibility. And then the other part of it is you got to cross your fingers, you got to close your eyes, you got to hold your breath, and you got to pray that he spends that money wisely. But we're not even there yet because is Hal Steinbrenner going to commit that kind of money? Because it's hard to call the owner cheap when he has the second highest payroll in baseball. But he's cheap in the sense that Yankee teams of the past, or if you want to compare them to Met teams of the present, those are the types of teams and owners that will spend above and beyond to fix prior mistakes. And up until now, Hal Steinbrenner has seemed to stop right there and not want to go beyond a specific line. And if he doesn't change course with the leadership of the baseball portion of this team, and if he doesn't allow more financial flexibility for that GM, Brian Cashman, to fix those problems, then the Yankees are just going to be running in place and counting down the days, years, months when Stanton's contract is off the books and LeMahieu's contract is off the books and Rizzo's contract is off the books and maybe Rodon's contract is off the books. So something has to change. Either the decision maker, the philosophy, the financial constraints, something needs to change for this organization before 2024 Otherwise, 2024 is going to be a lot like 2023 and perhaps even worse. We'll get some more of your calls as we continue here on 98.7 ESPN New York. And Harvey, I'll give you this one. Who currently is the manager of the New York Yankees? Uh, Brian Cashman. The manager. You're listening to Pat O'Keefe on 98.7 ESPN. Now with the Yankees win tonight, according to ESPN.com's playoff predictor, the Yankees' chances of reaching the playoffs have bumped up to 0.2% as they are Yay! now 61 and 65. So it's at 126 games in the books. They're nine and a half out of the final wild card spot. I'm just so used to, to giving that update every night. I know it's a meaningless exercise at this point, but it's just muscle memory. We've been doing it all summer long, every game how many games back from the final wild card spot, not the division. When was the last time we talked about the division? In fact, it's been so long, I, I didn't even realize just how far back the Yankees are. The Yankees are 17 games behind the Orioles. Wow, 17 games back in the division. We'll hear from Aaron Boone in a moment. I had some comments on Aaron Judge's big night. By the way, tonight is, is a clear reminder. If you're looking for positives from the Yankees, obviously tonight is a clear reminder that you still do have one of the greatest players in Major League Baseball. Now, you need that guy to get right next year, just like he was last year. And look what happened last year. They won 99 games. They went to the ALCS, and they didn't have a ton around Aaron Judge. He showed last year he can carry a team pretty deep, and I know the ALCS sweep was a disappointing finish to the season, but it was still an ALCS appearance for a team that outside of that one guy didn't have a whole lot to write home about. All right, let's go back to the phones. 
3776 and say hello to Bobby in the Bronx. Bobby, how are you? All right. How's it going there? Yankees want to make a major and a significant signal to their baseball fans that they are they want to come back. I think Hal has to get another hairpiece. I mean, that thing on his head looks like a bird's nest. Um, the Yankees, let's face it, you, you compare the 90s Yankees to now, you really can't. It's not just spending money, but how much money can you spend on these players? In the late 90s, in, in the 90s, the Yankees brought in a lot of players. They talk about the core four. The Yankees brought in a tremendous amount of players that were still star players, you know, Wade Boggs, Timmy Raines, Jimmy Key. I mean, the list is endless. The 90s team had four, always had four good starters going into the playoffs. They don't have that now, all right? So you're looking at really a, a, a massive rebuilding. I mean, you could patch it up and make possibly make the playoffs, but the team is really not that good. Um, if I was the GM the last several years, uh, Bryce Harper would be a Yankee and Trey Turner would definitely be. Those two guys would definitely be on the team. Um, the thing with Harper is that he became a free agent when he was like, what, 26 years old? And they cheated him out of his first year. We know that. They didn't call him up till May. Uh, that's the kind of free agent you want. The guy's a free agent. He's a star. He's 26 years old. He's got a lot of road in front of him. But the Yankees were not doing it. They were not having any part of it. I mean, we can blame the Stanton deal with that money coming in. So that's what it is. The Yankees cannot make trades where they just buy the trade a player. I mean, trade for a player whose contract is big and the team wants to dump him, get rid of him. Yankees bring him in. They did it with Clemens. They did it with plenty of players back then. So it's a whole different ball game today that's played out there. I would love to see that. I would love to see um, Major League Baseball sign 16-year-old Americans in the draft. I think it's a long time coming. They do it with farm players. You're losing out on a lot of talent. We know a lot of kids start to check out of high school when they're about 16, but they hang around a couple of years. They're French. They get their diploma. Um, I think we're losing talent that way. I think we should have a draft for those kids, if the ones who could get drafted, put them in the minor league system. That's more talent. You're better off, and you have a better chance of making the major leagues um, if you're in the minor league system at 16 than playing high school ball or junior college ball. Well, uh, but, but that's that, that's not the Yankees' issue, though, Bobby, and thanks for the call. Um Look, the Yankees' issue is he made he made a good point 15 minutes ago. Um, in the 90s, in the early 2000s, when the Yankees were you know successful in winning and contending for championships, they had four or five pitchers deep. Yes, they did. But this iteration of the Yankees, these shortcomings in the postseason. First of all, the game is different now than it was then. It's more bullpen centric than it is starting pitching centric. You know, back in, you know, 98, for example, you could throw out David Wells and Andy Pettit and David Cohn and El Duque. And those four guys could each give you at least seven innings. And then you go to Mariano for two, or maybe you go Nelson, Jeff Nelson and Mike Stanton for the seventh into the eighth. And then Mariano for the ninth. That's not how it is now. Now you're getting four, four and a third, four and two thirds innings out of your bullpen every every game in the postseason, and the pitching in these spots has not been the problem for the Yankees. I mean, last year, the Yankees in the ALCS against Houston, they couldn't get the big hit. All four games, they couldn't get the big hit. I mean, look, all, we remember that it was disappointing, and it never really truly felt like 
The Yankees were in that series, but they were in those games last year. They had opportunities to win each of those games in the ALCS. They lost game one, four to two. They lost game two, three to two. Now, game three was a 5 nothing shutout. Cole was pitching a really good game and was about to get out of a middle inning, the fifth inning, I think, and Bader and Judge had a miscommunication and let what would have been the third out fall in between them, and the next batter hit a three-run home run. So it jumped from a one nothing game to a 4 nothing game just like that. But the Yankees didn't score any runs that game anyway. The pitching hasn't been the problem. It's been the lineup construction. You And it's been even in the good years. Like 2019 was a good year um, where they won 100 games. 2018 was a good year when they won 100 games. Even in the good years, this latest generation of Yankee teams gets to the playoffs, faces good pitching, and then the bats go silent. Even Judge. What's Judge's... Um, what is Judge's seminal moment in the postseason? Like, what is his big, what is his big moment as a postseason player? He's been in the postseason every year, 17, 18, 19, 20. I mean, Stan's had more big hits than than Judge has. Torres has had more big hits than Judge has. He had a monster game in Game One of the 2019 ALCS. And I'm not putting this all on Aaron Judge. My point is, even Aaron Judge has struggled when the Yankees get into the postseason and have to face superior pitching. So, yeah, you could point to the pitching, but the problem with this team has been the hitting. The bullpen's been good enough. The starting pitching is thin right now, but that has not been the reason why they haven't gone deeper into the playoffs the last several years. This year's a different story. Nothing is working this year. Although, hey, Luis Severino did get a standing ovation when he came out tonight, and well-deserved six and two-thirds shutout innings and one-hit ball as the Yankees snap their nine-game losing streak. You're listening to Pat O'Keefe on 98.7 ESPN. You can trace the Yankees' unwillingness or inability to sign players like Bryce Harper or one of the top shortstops in the game when several of them were available a couple of years ago. You could trace that to the Giancarlo Stanton trade before the 2018 season because Stanton just tied the Yankees up so much financially. He took them out of the market for Harper, a younger player who is better suited to play at Yankee Stadium. And again, that goes back to the guy making that decision, Brian Cashman. Let's go to Richard in Manhattan. Richard, how are you? Hi, Pat. You you know, you brought up a, a point about the way the Yankees lost to Houston. Uh, in the playoffs. Now, what I re- it's funny, you br- the way you bring it up, it sounded like the Yankees played a good series. But I just remembered them, for some reason, not being competitive. And what I remember is, the way the Yankees play baseball is not suited for postseason baseball. In other words, they don't manufacture runs. They don't generate runs. They don't put pressure on the defense. So this is my my thing. They've got, what, 30 games left, 35 games left. Play a different brand of baseball. Like today they were a little aggressive. You see Beta put pressure on them, and they made mistakes, the defense. I'm not saying that Washington's a good defensive team. The more you make a team here, this is what analytics doesn't take into account. You know, 
bunting, hit and run, stealing. For, you know, man on second, no out. You got to get the guy to third. I bunt him over to third. I would do that the rest of the season. I I will go to my grave knowing a man on third and one out is better than a man on second and no out. I don't care what anybody tells me. But that's my. I don't. Nobody from MIT can tell me that it's better to have a man on second and no out. I, it, it just does not. I'll let you again. I'm just going to say it's hard. It's, it's hard to imagine the Yankees changing the way well, they play you have the rest of the season. I'm going to compare it to the Knicks. Go ahead. The Knicks clinched the fourth position in the playoffs with four games left. So in other words, they played those final four games. They could not improve their position this year. You mean the, correct. the fifth side? The, it was the fifth spot, but yes, no, four or oh, fifth. Correct. And they were playing Cleveland for fifth. And Cleveland was playing for the, uh, with the fourth position. All right. What I would have done if I was Thibodeau in that time, I would have played Fournier and Derrick Rose just to see if they had anything to give. The games didn't matter. And who knows in the playoffs if they may be needed. Now, he didn't play them at all. So obviously in the playoffs, they were useless. And they needed him. Brunson was hurt. Randall was hurt. Another guy, I think, where one of the other guards was hurt. So they were not at full strength. Who knows? I'm not saying they could have depended on them. They would have flourished with them. But those four games didn't mean – well, here's what I'm saying with the Yankees. Play a different brand of baseball. Go into baseball. Go into some of these games. Instead of using your usual four relief pitches in after the starter comes out, each pitching an inning – Maybe go to start a little bit more and use your relief pitcher to close the game with two innings or two and a third. Try something different. The games don't matter. So play a different brand of baseball just for these games because the brand of baseball they've been playing since 2017 is not working, obviously. Like you said, last year's playoff game – I just remember them not being competitive. They just, to me, well, that's the general saying, you know, feeling. You went back with the scores and the situations, Pat, and you were saying as if if you looked at the scoreboard, the uh, scorecards, that they were close games. I remember them being not in any of the games. They could never get, like you said, the big hit. They put so much pressure on the team for waiting back and hitting home runs because that's the style of baseball they play. It is so aggravating to watch. People call up. They don't really know well, how to Richard, express it when they call ESPN. They let, say, me, yeah, let me jump in. Play. Let me jump in, Richard. If you, if you look back at that playoff series, and thanks for the call, if you look back at the Yankees-Astros playoff series, if you go through game by game, the Yankees had an opportunity to win every one of those games. Okay, maybe you want to give me game three, but I'm telling you, all right, if Bader or Judge catches that ball and the Yankees get out of it, I forget if they were down one nothing or 2 nothing at the time, they would have had a chance to win that game on paper. But where they didn't have a chance and you never felt like they had a chance, which is why Richard feels the way he did in his mind, the Yankees were never in that series. Because you never, even though the Yankees were oftentimes one hit away, you never felt like they were going to come up with that hit. And they didn't in any of the four games. And that's how you get swept. And that's where this Yankees team is right now. 